Praise the Lord, Church. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so nice to Hallelujah. have all of us together, especially on this special day. And uh, I take this as an opportunity to share God's word on this day. Just a moment, bow down our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, once again, we praise you and we thank you for your presence. Thank you for being with each and every one of us. Lord, today is the special day for us. Lord, not only today to remember the suffering, death, the resurrection and the coming of your son, Jesus. And also, of course, it is of all our day. But today, as we are going to meditate your straightforward word from the cross, Lord, let these words get deep meaning in our hearts. And to remember these words, Lord, at the, all the days of our life, and to proclaim who you are to us and to this world. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Um, praise the Lord. Once again, I thank God for allowing me to speak this word and the seven words of Jesus Christ, what he has spoken before 2000 years ago. We do meditate the message of the cross or the different verses and different portions from the scripture which reveal to us the plan, purpose, the prophecy, and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But today, very specially, as we heard enough about the meaning of the Good Friday, the whole world is mourning, and we, as a children of God, expected to rejoice, remembering that our sins are forgiven. So there are much to say about that as an introduction. So usually in this world, everyone has the three days in life are very spectacular. Basically two, the birth and the death. And we as especially as a believer, we have three days. One is the day of our physical birth. Second is the day of our regeneration or accepting the born again, accepting Jesus Christ who became the children of God. And the third is, of course, our death that we cannot see. In Jesus's life, there are three significant days and what we have seen. One is his birth, we celebrate that as a Christmas. And the second is death, that is a Good Friday. Of course, it is followed by Easter, the Resurrection Day. More than all, we all of us have a great hope of coming of the Lord. So, in this case, this Good Friday make or give a very remarkable or the important message to us to remember. And as a Christian, we believe the day is good. Why this world is remember this as a good Friday? Day is good because 
the message of Christ's victory over sin, over death, and over the devil. Jesus died for our sins. It is not only for the world, it is personally we should, when we have that experience, we can boldly say, Jesus Christ died for my sin. And this can be seen in the greatest day or a good day, or it is called as a good Friday. It is only used in the Western world, but for us, this should be a great Holy Friday. What is our belief and understanding about Good Friday? We too, as a Christian, would believe in Good Friday, that is the day in which Jesus Christ was crucified very badly on Calvary for our sins. That records or prophesies given Isaiah 53, 4-5 that all of us we know. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So this is the promise and the same thing that was fulfilled as we all know. But he was not, not died forever. We believe in his death, but he rose again on the third day and living forever. Since because he gave his life, or he die, we live and we have life in us. That is the eternal life that is promised to us. He did not die of his own, but by the will of the Father to save the world from the eternal death. With the new covenant of the Lord's table, we remember about his birth, Suffering, burial, crucifixion, sorry, crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and the coming. So we remember, we are expected, we are instructed, or we are commanded to remember the death of Jesus Christ. Not only to remember, we are increased and uh, to proclaim this as a good news. Jesus Christ suffered, died, buried, rose again, and he is going to come. This has to be proclaimed to the world. So in this day, we have to rejoice, not to mourn, but it is the day of celebration. As we celebrate nowadays alternate week, the table, the Lord's table, the communion, whenever we come to the table and uh, coming in union, we remember this. That is why this is the one of the things commanded for us to remember. So let us go back to the last two words. If suppose the last two words of a person is always, 
a very important work. Even in the secular world, every human beings, if anyone died, and always look for and ask for inquire about what did he or she spoke at the last before the leaving the birth, the breath. So in that case, the last words are most important. So today is our day in the same way to remember the last words of Jesus Christ, which he spoke on the Calvary, on the cross. Of, uh, of course, we remember his death. And uh, as I said, this is a new covenant he made before his death. So we remember that still, we as we remember and hear about many things from the gospel, let us see and uh, what is the last words from the cross. Actually, this is uh, when Jesus Christ was nailed on the cross. As he said, seven times means are seven sentences or praises or a word. And uh, this is recorded in all the gospel. The Bible scholars, the theologians, those couple them together as seven verses and place in order and it is year after year some of the churches they remember this as a seven verse and meditate on this very special particular good friday but now and this is not the new message for all of us and this is the old one but still we are um, really I was led to share the same word to us for our meditation in this day. So this is recorded in Matthew 27 and Mark 15 and also in Luke 23 and John 19. There are a couple of verses we will, it is mentioned and I take the first word what Jesus Christ spoke on the cross was Luke Chapter 23, verse 34. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They do forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. See here, two times it is mentioned, they they do not know what they are doing. Who are they? Who are they? Jesus asked the Father primarily to forgive his enemies. Kaipas, Sanitrin, Pontius Pilate, the hero, and the soldiers who are surrounded and scorched, those who are cursed, those who are walked in, those who tortured him and those who are just nailing him on the cross. Just remember, five days before, on last Sunday, they celebrated the Palm Sunday. The same group of people, those who raised their hands, they praised him. Hosanna, 
Osana in the IS. They are the home, the same people. They stood against him and they asked Barabbas to release and Jesus Christ to be crucified. All of them are included. Even the apostles, the companion who were deserted him to Peter who has denied him three times to the unfaithful crowd the who only the, the, the days before praised Jesus Christ as he was entering Jerusalem for all of them they are they are they are here he means to he said forgive father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing it is very true and it is very real why because really they do not know that is why till today we claim that he came to them they do not still accept jesus christ is the messiah jesus christ as a king they are expecting the king like the in the world, but they are not expecting Jesus Christ as a king to rule over them in the spiritual life. So, what it reveals to us, right up here, the final hours of the earth, Jesus preaches the forgiveness or teaches the forgiveness. In the Lord's Prayer, he also taught us, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In Matthew 6, 12. When asked by Peter how many times we should forgive, sometimes Jesus answered them 70 times 7. Even the enemies we should forgive. So it is the first an example to us and it is proved on the cross. What do they do? Do not know that we know. As I said. So what is the lesson in this? For us. Do we know him? Do we have him? And do we love him? And obey him? Those people, they do not know who he is. They didn't know what is nature. They didn't know what is his will. They didn't know what is his purpose of coming to this earth. But do we know him? If you know him, pray and intercede at every situation and every circumstances in the time of trouble, whatever the trouble you have, even for our enemies, we are expected or learn to forgive our enemies. Seek and do the will of God always. Forgive others, even our enemies, always, because it is the nature of God. And if we are a true believer and believe in, is, in our salvation is true, the prime attribute or a character is forgiveness. So he is proved and today we are reminded even in this critical situation how he has did and we are expected to do.
Second verse is Luke 23, verse 43. And you can read from 35 to 43. But Jesus answered here to the one of the thieves. He said, Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me in paradise. What is the actual situation or scene here? Verse 35 says, the large crowd of people stood and watching and insulting him. The rulers, the chief priests, teachers of the law and the elders mocked at him. The soldiers were mocked at him. One of the criminals who was hanging besides also insulted him. His mother Brothers, sisters, and his so-called disciples and other followers will also must be there with a full of agony and mourning, crying and weeping. But the other criminal said to the other, his fellow criminal, what did he say? Verse 40, don't you fear God? Even the criminal says, don't you fear God? That means he know all of us should fear God. He know God. He also knew he has to fear God. 41. We are punished justly. He is telling to the neighbor. That means there is a punishment for every sin or every crime and it has to be justified. So he knows what is right and what is wrong? I'm telling about the criminal whom God forgiven, whom he promised that he will be with him in the paradise. Again in 41, we are getting what our deeds deserve. That means he deserve it. What is this? That criminal deserve the death, the eternal punishment. And Jesus done nothing wrong. That's what he said. Believe that Jesus was sinless. The criminal believes the one who is hanging on the other side. And see the qualification. And he called, Lord remembers me. King James Version says, recognize him as the Lord. Even in the last moment, he recognized Jesus Christ as the Lord. Throughout his life, I do not know how far, but in the last time, last minute before his death, he recognized Jesus Christ and called him, Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. That means, again, this criminal has a knowledge about God's kingdom. See the characteristics. If you are God, he knows what is right and wrong. He deserves the eternal punishment. He believes Jesus Christ was sinless and where he is a criminal. He recognizes him as a Lord. He has a knowledge about God's kingdom. These are all the qualifications of that person. Nowadays, some people used to preach 
about uh, those who are against the water baptism they say they quote this scripture saying that see this criminal you are saved god promise when did he took baptism see the knowledge about that person so in short we can put this in this way the second criminal had uh, some knowledge about the lord jesus christ his power his kingdom he feared god he believed in him he prayed to the god to the lord and received the instant answer in short the urgent request of a man and the immediate answer from god this is what the second word teaches us about jesus christ what we learn from here he is always listening to our cries he is always listening even though he was in a such a critical situation he listened to the cry of the thief who was crucified beside him so whatever the situation again it is a confirmation assurance for us our god listens to our cries and he is always forgiving and accepts any sinner at any time assures his kingdom to those who repent and accept him that is the most important thing that is the most important thing it is not knowing god it is not having knowledge about god it is not having knowledge about the salvation but out of all it is god will forgive and accept any sinner at any time assures the kingdom of god those who repent and accept him so here knowledge about god his power believing in him even praying to him in a number of time or is not enough we all must repent for our sins not for somebody else for our sins and confess it and accept him as the only lord in our life and then we enter into his kingdom so make use of the time and the opportunity that is what the criminal did it and the last moment whatever if it is your last days and the last hours there is always a provision for anyone who come to the lord for forgiveness of their sins third word what jesus said it is from john 19 26 and 27 when he was hanging on the cross he saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby he said to his mother dear woman here he says woman here is your son showing the disciple and to that disciple here is your mother for this time on this disciple took her into his home what do we learn here what the scripture says to us teach us dear woman 
here is your son. And to his disciple, here is your mother. What was the situation here? Jesus, he is watching around with, a, with all pain and watching around always. He is concerned about taking care of his human mother and the beloved disciple. I do not know what he has thought. Among the twelve, the one he is very close with him. When he was on the earth, he is also close with him, near to the mother. Just I am explaining to you the scenery. And he saw, not in words, just he saw the mother of Jesus. He said, to, here is your son. Here is your son means it should be by the action. Even the whole body cannot do any body language. But I do not know how it was. Maybe by his head. Here is your son. And here is your mother. And what is the... He proved his responsibility towards the mother. The widowed mother crying with a great depression... Even she could not lift her head to look at her son Jesus. But very anxiously expecting what he is going to tell her. The beloved disciple John, standing near to him, very close with Jesus Christ, looking at him expecting what he is going to do or tell him. In that situation, he spoke, this third word, dear woman, here is your son and here is your mother. Listen for us to learn. We must love and take care and concerns to our parents in all the situations or circumstances. If possible, even until not that death, even our death. See the turnover here. Sometimes we expect, that's what I stopped here. Even until this is what Jesus died, of course, not at the full age, it's a short time. But it is, doesn't mean that we will die before our parents. It is our days are in God's hand. Just a lesson here, I understand in this way. Not only until the death of our parents we are responsible or concerned about them and care for them even until our death as well. But we must be available at any time. This is what I learned. And ready to obey him in all circumstances. See the commitment and the responsibility of our Lord Jesus Christ to the worldly mother and the very close friend and disciple. So his responsibility is till the cross. Fourth word, what he spoke. Matthew chapter 27, 46. Even Mark 15, 34 also record this. Here what it is saying. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, 
Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You may be wonder, or somebody may question this. Why he has to cry? Because the people around him was mocking at him. You are the Lord. You said you destroy this temple in three days. You will build it and you can do all things. Why not? Why you are crying? Save yourself. You came to save the world. You cannot save yourself. So in such a way, the people are insulted him. But even for us, we may think, why he has to cry? He cried before in Garden of Gethsemane. Now here, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What we learn from here? What the message here to us? As the continuation of his prayer, and he prayed for the people around, forgiveness. And he assures the criminal who was besides. And he also prayed for his mother, responsibility to the mother and the beloved disciple, those who are in front of him. Now he is telling about himself to the father. This is the middle word. The fourth word. Three words before. Around the people. Besides the people. Besides the person. And besides the, and the people. Those who are near to him. Now. He is looking at. Above. And he asking God. Why have you forsaken me? Actually it is not. He has not forsaken. That we will know. So let us see. What is he is. This cry is, why, from the painful art of the human Jesus, who must feel deserted by his father and the Holy Spirit, he did not mention it with his earthly friends, disciples. But even to his loved ones, looking from afar, not close to him as the gospel of John. Jesus feels separated from his father. He is now all alone and he must face death by himself. Though he knew he will, the will of the father, the purpose and his coming into this world. He knows this. He willingly came from the Father to die. That is the purpose. He knows everything. Why should he have to pray like this? Why he has to pray, cry like this? Do we think that really the Father has forsaken him? No. Certainly not. God is love. Jesus is his begotten son. He loved his son more than himself. That is why he was sent instead of he coming. So since God so loved the world, 
he allowed his son to be crucified him on the cross i think god the father god could not able to bear to face the way the people treated his son jesus christ do you want to know the evidence matthew 27 verse 45 matthew 27 verse 45 we read now from the 6th hour until the 9th hour there was darkness came over all the land there was darkness for 3 hours over all the land even god the father could not able to bear or see the way they treated his own son the beloved son the extreme here what we learn is the extreme agony and pain of his son jesus christ on this year which he could not bear or here on seeing the way the people torturing his son jesus christ knowing the pain and the suffering of his son jesus and he is unable to see or accept it first timothy chapter 2 5 and 6 says it is by his death that we are redeemed for there is one god there is also one mediator between god and the human race christ jesus himself human who gave himself as a ransom for all of us so here the extreme love of the father to the world shown through his son jesus christ that we should understand it is all for you and me to have life why he has to go through such a long procedure such a long journey and a long to bear such a pain quite a long time it is all for us to have life this we have to remember it is unexplainable the bible is not telling everything and but even the father knows it that's why he cried unto the father why have you forsaken me indeed we don't believe that he has forsaken but he could not able to see or bear it but what is the reason this is between the father and the son and we do not know what is the answer that god the father said to his son it is not recorded it is it should be in spirit that is why i say this what is the fifth word followed by that word this is the fourth word the fifth word is john 19 28 
John 19, 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture must be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Another version says, I am thirst. I thirst. So that is why there is a gap between the previous verse and this. So that could be between the father and the son. So the son is telling him, maybe you could have filled in the banks, what else do you want me? What do you want me to do? So I thirst. So let us see what is the thirst means. Later knowing that all was completed and also the scripture will be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. So this, this is the fifth word. Jesus is only human expression of his physical suffering. Jesus is now shocked. The wounds inflicted upon him and the surging, the crowning of the thorns on the head, kneeling upon the cross, or now taking the call, especially after losing blood from three hours walk through the city of Jerusalem to Kolkata on the way of the cross. But I personally believe that Jesus does not mean only about his physical thirst. Secondly, this word is a part of his conversation with the Father, as I said. Because when we took at the above four verses, they were all addressed to the Father. Criminals, his mother, his disciples, and to the father. And this word, I am thirsty, is not so clear to us whether he is talking to the father or anyone else. But as I said, I believe that it should be with the father. But the people around should have thought it is to them. That is why, and uh, they they try to give his soap and to their lips. So let us see what the first Peter 2.21 says. Peter wrote, he himself bore our sins, as we know this is the promise, bore our sins in his body upon the cross, so that free from sin we might live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. I understand like this way. As for the declaration, he is prepared to go to the Father because in 1928 says, knowing that all was accomplished or completed, and he said this, the people understood. Yes, as I said, it is a physical thirst, but it should not be a physical thirst alone. You should have this physical uh, thirst as well. That's why they offered him wine vinegar to him. Anyhow, listen for us to learn. We should have the hunger and thirst for God and his word. That means we should prepare ourselves and to prepare others to meet or to know our God, the one who died for our sins. It's a reminder. Jesus had thirst. 
and that is at that time it reveals in 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 relation to that situation it is a physical but it not only the physical it should be a spiritual to us because of the time let's move on to the sixth word john 1930 john 19 verse 30 when he had received the drink that is wine vinegar jesus said it is finished the sixth word is it is finished with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit he bowed his head and gave up his spirit this word also continuation of his conversation with his father only not with anyone on this earth now we have to understand what he mean by saying it is finished 1928 this word it is finished fulfilling the scripture is finished his thirst or the pro, uh, the prophecy is finished his commitment is finished to the people to the holy mother to a disciple is finished we can understand like this his physical life is finished his life on this earth is finished but nobody dies like this i mean after saying that i have finished everything and i am ready to die who will say that like this no one because none of us prefer to die none of all we never heard everyone or anyone said i am finished i finish everything and it is very rare some people used to say i have done everything what i am supposed to do to my parents is done what i supposed to do my children is done i what i work on this earth is done what i work for i i was led to serve for god is done but i am ready to go to the lord whenever he comes he ready is there anyone is there in this world it is very rare none of us finish all our jobs our commitments our responsibilities which is given to us and none of us knows about our future why we could not say that none of us knows about our future and it has happened unexpectedly sometimes people die without they knowing or others knowing especially in these days as we are in the last days death is very uncertain always i used to say we are living in the uncertain world nothing is certain to us death may reach us or visit us at any time at any moment it will come at any way or any directions no one is there to predict or prophesy about it that's why people are not prepared 
or prefer to die or they not ready to die or choose to die like jesus only one person on this world who said i finish that is apostle paul he said in second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith he said he finished the lesson for us can we say at this time we have finished everything first of all do we know that we are there are things or tasks we are supposed to finish during our life in this world our works to our families and in serving god how much we did it are we satisfied of serving him if not it is a time to think over it how much and how far our commitments our faithfulness are to the people and to god our god is always faithful we know we acknowledge that we are unfaithful indeed our god is always faithful the last word seventh word luke 23 verse 46 jesus called out with a loud voice father into your hand i commit my spirit when he had said this he breathed his last he breathed his last you may be wondered the previous word he said it is finished what else is there see the seventh word jesus called out with loud voice the maximum strength what he had physically father into your hands and commit my spirit so in the beginning i mentioned it at the last seven words are the jesus is prayer i don't know how many of you noticed that the first three words he spoke was on behalf of others as i said they are to the people the criminal the mother and the disciple but the rest of the four words he has spoken or for himself with his the with the father the last word is the last part of his prayer as he start with the first word he said father forgive them he finishes prayer in the same way saying now the seventh word father into your hands i commit my spirit some they do not pray at all some people they pray but they do not know how to start and how to finish for some people they may start with the father but they are struggle to finish it they end up somewhere else and it is a lesson for us how to pray and whom to pray as all of us we know we are aware we pray to the father through his son by the holy spirit and lesson for us here is 
about the commitment to God. Jesus is the model for us in everything. In the same way, we are committed to God always in everything. About the prayer, prayer always to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit. About the body, soul, and the spirit, we know. And we have studied, even the castle also. When we die, our body goes to the grave, and our spirit to God, and our soul determines the place. That is here, it is a paradise. Are we ready to hand over our spirit to God? And are we sure about our soul will reach to God? As a conclusion, forgiveness, the character or nature of God. He wants us to forgive even our enemies at all times. Always watchful as a, uh, and from Jesus Christ as he was watchful. And uh, watchful and be alert to meet the people's need and ready to forgive at any time should be responsible towards God and God-given people, the families and the fellowship. Knowing the pain and the agony he took all of our sins and the burdens. What is our thirst? Do we have thirst to fellowship with him or read his words or preach his word? Some people Nowadays, very specially, when we have all our programs online, we become very cold. I don't know. I just, I sense that. So, where do we say that we have a thirst? What kind of thirst you can say if the, the Lord says, I am thirst? In what way we will say the thirst? We may be thirst because it is a hot summer. It is of all of our physical. But do we have a spiritual thirst? Seeking God. Fellowshipping with, with our God. Anyhow, I leave it there. What did we finish? If he has said finish, what did we finish? Can we say these are the things that we have finished? Have we listed out? Try. Are we ready to hand over our spirit to God? Or are we ready to die? When we believe the resurrection of our Lord, when we believe the Lord is coming, without the death, physical death, there is no resurrection, there is no coming of the Lord. So are we ready? Do we meaningfully remember the suffering, crucifixion, and the death of Jesus Christ? How many of us believe about his, about his resurrection and his coming? Do we proclaim the death and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? How many of us hope and ready for the Lord's coming. Let us remember the last seven words of Jesus Christ and follow the lessons we learned today. Let us not to be, not to the Good Friday Christian. Some people, as some people are in the world, for them, once in a year or twice in a year, they go to the church and meditate it and remember the cross. That is only on Good Friday. But we should not be. But the Bible is encouraging us. We have to remember this as often as possible with the 
New Testament covenant Christ, uh, Jesus made to us. So, as we are a children of God, if you are really our salvation is true, definitely we will remember the suffering, the way of his death, his burial, his resurrection, his coming. Without believing that, our salvation will become a question. When, why I say this? We remember this when we accept Jesus Christ. We confess, yes, indeed, for my sin, our Lord Jesus Christ, it is he who carried, he, first of all, he is the one, I am a sinner, I accept, he is the only savior, through him, only the forgiveness, how he forgiven, he died for my sins, I confessed, and he has buried, and he is risen, and is going to come. That was the confession we made on the day of baptism, when we accept Christ. If it is not, and if you have forgotten all those things in the life, during the course of life, only when our coming and uh, to the last table we remember means, that's why you have forgotten it is a remembrance. That's why three times it is mentioned. Remember this, remember this, do this, do this, do this. This is what the emphasize given. So, how important it is, the Good Friday or the seven verses of Jesus Christ, which he spoke hanging on the cross. That should have the impact in our life. And we should remember it on daily basis. Yes, Lord, indeed. If you don't remember, forgetting that, if you are sinning, that means, we are crucifying him daily. So, this is the message. And for us on this day, let us ponder around upon these words and uh, grow in the Lord and prepare ourselves to meet the Lord, which is our hope for the future. Thank you. God bless you all. Praise the Lord.